is the Go Blue Crew. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Go Blue Crew. I'm Tyler Fenwick with Derek Devine. Uh, former quarterback news for Michigan. Shea Patterson taking number one overall in the USFL draft. Denard Robinson coming back to Michigan as the assistant director of player personnel, whatever that means. But a big, big couple days for former Michigan quarterbacks. How you feeling, Derek? You know, it's always good when you see former Wolverines get cool opportunities. You know, Shea Patterson going number one in a draft, not something that a lot of us would ever thought we'd hear. Um, you know, the, the USFL, uh, Michigan Panthers, you know, so he's going to be a local local guy, though. I think their first season, they're completely playing in Birmingham, Alabama. So uh, kind of weird that, you know, there's cities That's and trash. states for these teams. Uh, but at least for the first season, I think they're playing elsewhere. But still representing the Michigan Panthers, hometown hero, might have to get a jersey. And then Denar Robinson, man, uh, you know, my favorite player all time uh, for, for Michigan football. Uh, just happy to to have him back at Michigan. I think that's really cool. Just, you know, love that in uh, the Colt by uh, Jim Harbaugh. He just said, uh, you know, he's an energetic guy who always has a smile on his face. I mean, that dude always seemed happy. He was always having a good time. Uh, you know, my only question is whether or not he's going to tie his, tie his shoelaces while he's around the office, which I'd guess is no. <laughs> I saw somebody say that um, it, it might take a while for Michigan's players to adjust to playing with no shoelaces or the shoelaces untied. And if If anybody wanted to do that just out of respect – uh, it, the spring game, I mean, that'd be an awesome opportunity to be like, we understand what's coming back to this program. And I don't know, J.J. McCarthy might be that guy. He seems like somebody who would do it. Or maybe one of these receivers. Uh, Blake Corum maybe is a guy who would do it. I don't know, but somebody needs needs to do that. Just like out of respect, go out there, untie shoelaces. And I don't know, even set something up this might be taking it too far, but but I want to see this guy like streaking through the defense. Nobody's able to touch him, get him. Like that'd be the ultimate uh, show of respect to someone like Denard Robinson. I mean, I when you have, I mean, there's a lot of good guys in the building, a lot of guys from different Michigan football eras. But you know, specifically Mike Hart and Denard Robinson, just you know, growing up, two of my favorite players, if not my two favorite players. Uh, Michigan football players it's got to be so cool to have two guys so successful so well liked so popular on campus you know for these college athletes to to learn from uh, you know neither neither one of them had you know tremendous NFL careers but uh, you know a lot of these guys you know obviously a lot of a lot of these young players hope to go to the NFL there's plenty that don't uh, and you know either way you know the goal is to have a good college career so I think it's awesome that they're bringing back so many former players, so many well-liked former players. And I, I bet Denard Robinson has some good stories to tell. Uh, and I think just, you know, his, his Florida ties, uh, you know, his NFL experience, working in the NFL, playing in the NFL, uh, hopefully he'll do some good things in his role and some young players will learn a lot from him. Uh, just it's cool, cool to see him come back. And it sounds like it's been, you know, about a year in the making that, that this was – 
uh, kind of been in the work. So, yeah, I mean, it uh, brings a smile to your face when you hear that guy's back on campus. Oh, absolutely. Uh, as far as the USFL goes, I don't think there's like a schedule. I, I can't tell you when the Panthers actually play, but uh, season kicks off in mid-April and it looks like it'll run through um, mid-June. I don't know. Are you going to watch any USFL games? I watch Shea Patterson for the Michigan Panthers, you know? I, yeah, I'm not going to just buy a jersey without watching a performance, but if he, you know, lights it up a couple of games, I think they only play like six to eight games. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a chance to play some some football and, you know, for some of these guys, you know, their hopes to get noticed, maybe earn some backup roles in the NFL. But, yeah, I'll catch I'll catch a game. You know, why not? Good. I think I will, too. Um, and, and I don't know about jersey stuff. I guess I'd have to see how expensive they are before I – I buy one, but I, that would be really cool just to have like any kind of USFL jersey. But of course, I would pick like Shea Patterson or, or you know, Davion Smith also went in the draft, or and I think Channing Stribling did and might be missing a Michigan guy or two. But you know, to get one of their jerseys, uh, you know, those, those guys who are like recent enough that it's not like you forgot about them, but it's just so cool to, you know, see them getting their shot in, a, in an upstart league or I should say I guess maybe a restart league in the USFL that would be really cool uh, to see and uh, if anything you know or I guess if nothing else is something to to do in the spring I don't know if there's going to be baseball uh, at that point uh, mid-April you know college basketball will be done so if you don't care about the NBA uh, this will be this will be something to to keep your attention in the offseason so going over to basketball here uh, we all know what happened with Juwan Howard, and we don't need to, I don't think, spend too much time going into that kind of thing. But I'm just curious, you know, Wisconsin game ends and you're watching this unfold. What's going through your head? Well, you know, we were we were kind of texting back and forth, you know, disappointed. And I made a, made a joke that I was going to switch over to the Daytona 500. Uh, you know, not not a avid NASCAR fan. You know, growing up, you know, definitely had watched some NASCAR uh, with my grandpa being a NASCAR fan back in the day. But uh, we've kind of all grown out of that in my family. So I made that joke. You know, I'm not even gonna stick around and watch the end. And boy, am I glad I did because what unfolded at the end of that game was I don't think anyone expected that. And I, honestly, you know. I knew they were going to play replays, but the, one of the first things I did is like go back to the live shot of um, what happened uh, and then let the replays play out and some of the commentary play out and then just scrolled through Twitter for felt like hours. Um, just, you know, confused, uh, shocked and confused. Um, you know, it just, it wasn't, what wasn't certainly something I wasn't expecting. Uh, you know, he's had some moments um, you know, since being the head coach, some hot-headed moments. But, yeah, that's unlike anything that I had seen. And, you know, there's a lot of people trying to break it down right away and be experts. And, you know, ultimately I just kind of gave up on it and, and waited for what the outcome was. You know, I, I guessed it would be at least the regular season. Didn't think he was going to be fired, um, though could have been a fireable offense. But, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. And uh, he's taken a, a break away from the program and hopefully – him and, and the many others involved to learn something from this. Yeah, you're right that Juwan Howard has had enough of those type of moments 
that I can't think of that as a one-off. And so hopefully in the athletic department, you know, with ward manual, uh, yeah, who knows the procedure, but there's got to be some kind of conversation of like, this is unacceptable. And I don't know if they'd go so far as to say, like, if something like this happens again, that's probably going to be the end of it. Who knows? But it needs to be made clear you got to be an adult in the handshake line. Like that's something you start doing at T-ball uh, when you're four or five years old, any, any, you know, the youngest uh, athletes out here who, who are just like, who don't know what they're doing. Uh, you always get in the handshake line after the game and you, you got to be an adult in that situation. So super unfortunate. Yeah. And then of course, Musa Diabate and Terrence Williams were lost for one game and, and Michigan actually went out then and looked pretty good in a win against Rutgers. Um, it got some decent effort stuff, I would say, out of Brandon Johns Jr., who was inserted into the starting lineup, and Phil Martelli, man. Like, I could listen to his interviews all day. I think he is so good on the mic. He's so good at just kind of like talking like a normal person. You hear a lot of coaches revert to their their coach speak stuff and talking cliches he doesn't really do that so I, I love that about him and I don't know I, it's 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 gonna be cool I think to kind of watch Michigan finish this regular season with him as you know the head coach but he gave a lot of credit also to those assistants and so I, I think you know this is a chance for Michigan to still take a step forward because there's enough time it's not like it was a one game thing you know you still got four games left but that'll be really interesting to see how they pull it together i completely agree with you and just listening to him i mean the the uh, press conference he did um you know before the game you know he talked at halftime talked after the game you know obviously the post game presser um you know, he, he has some wonderful things to say about the situation and, and just a lot of credit to him in general. You know, I'm not surprised that he's so well-spoken, uh, you know, as a guy who's literally an OG in the game of basketball and uh, has been coaching <laughs> yeah. for years and years and years and years. But, you know, to be thrown into the situation that he was thrown into, that's a lot. Uh, and it happened very quickly. Uh, you know, what what happens after a Sunday game or, or any game, you know, that happens over the weekend or even late the week before is there's always that media day, uh, you know, and, and he's the he's the head coach of the basketball team right now. And so he's he's got to fill into all those roles, including the half game, you know, kind of uh, connection with the reporters. And, and, and I think he's handled the entire thing phenomenally. Uh, it sounds like he's had some great conversations with players. Sounds like obviously Ward Manuel came through. And had some conversations, some disciplinary conversations with guys. Uh, a couple of guys like you referenced sat out. Uh, you know, the situation was what the situation was. It's it's in the past now. Phil Martelli is going to do everything he can to, to fill in for a suspended Juwan Howard and, and kind of revert back to his coaching days where he had plenty of success. So, you know, I, to have that win uh, against Rutgers, a team that's beat some of the best in the Big Ten but also had some bad losses – uh, a good start to this five-game streak. Who knows what we'll see uh, moving forward. But I think Michigan's in good hands, and I consider it quite the blessing that the guy who takes over has about as much coaching experience as anybody in the nation, if not the most coaching 
experience outside of the you know the staples like the Izzo's and the Coach K's. So to have Phil Martelli on the staff has always been a good thing for Michigan. Uh, you never want to see a coach make a decision that uh, you know puts his job at jeopardy or suspends him for multiple games. But you know again, what a what a, a good thing to have Phil Martelli and a great group of assistants. Uh, able to step up and and I love the fact that he shouted out the assistance. Uh, I got a comment back to to a retweet um, that I shared uh, of that and someone saying you know someone's got to tell him to keep that information in. No man, he's doing exactly what he should do. You know all assistant coaches dream of being a head coach, uh, and I love that he gave them uh, as much credit for the win uh, and for keeping this team together during a difficult situation. So super impressed. Uh, and feel like, you know, as confident as you can be with the situation at hand, uh, especially with Phil Martelli at the helm temporarily. Talking about just game stuff, you know, outside of Jawan Howard and that whole situation, Devontae Jones put together another good game. And I think if you went back in, like, December, January, and you said, hey, this is the Devontae Jones is about to come in, in February going into March. You'd be okay with it because back then, I mean, man, we weren't the only ones. It's like, what the heck is this? This this isn't working. He doesn't look like a starting point guard for a Big Ten team. And now all of a sudden, like, he's he's an aggressive rebounder. Um, he's getting better at, at, at finishing at the rim. I think he's getting better much more comfortable in the offense. He's a better ball distributor than he was at the beginning of the season. You pair that with, with Hunter Dickinson's efficiency. Uh, Eli Brooks didn't have a great game on the box score, but he made some tough shots, including a big three-pointer late. And then Caleb Houston knocked down five triples, which was really big at 21, I think uh, is a, a season high for him. I might be wrong on that, but you, know, you get these guys like showing up in ways that we saw kind of sporadically earlier, but it's becoming much more consistent, I think. And and it, you know, Michigan does not have an easy look forward to finish out the season. I mean, there's still uh, what three, yeah, three three home games left here in a row, including Illinois on Sunday. But then you got to play Michigan State on uh, Tuesday. Yeah, Iowa again on Thursday, and then finish the season on the road at Ohio State uh, on on that Sunday. That's a really tough finish to the season. But as I watch Michigan play, including even losing at Wisconsin, you know this just to me it looks like a much different team than what we were watching earlier this season. So different that I don't feel like it's it's all doom and gloom. I, I think. This is a team that has figured out quite a few things, and it looks sustainable, not not just like a fluke thing that they've done. It looks like it's real. Yeah, you know, you um, you look at the, the start of the game, and both teams started pretty poorly. You know, another game where, where neither um, Michigan or, or its opponent were hitting threes. Uh, and, and kind of, you know, that second half, uh, Michigan finally goes on a big run. I think it was a 9-0 run. Uh, and you kind of, you know, they start start to extend the lead. Uh, they get up, you know, double digits. Uh, Rutgers has a big scoring drought. Uh, and they kind of go, you know, back and forth or hovering around 10. And then, you know, Michigan pushes it all the way to like, you know, 17-18 with right at the under-four timeout. 
until another little mini run came from Rutgers. And, and what I like specifically is after that surge that, that Michigan had, they kind of kept that distance um, and then even increased the distance as the game went on outside of the the you know the the five uh, point streak by the I mean they've got Rutgers has some actually pretty good players um, you know it, it's weird to to see a team like Rutgers have as much success as they've had this year and it didn't feel like a shoe in game because of that you know and, and that's beyond Michigan just not playing that well overall this year like this is actually a game that you're more concerned about than others uh, even with how Michigan's been performing but I like that they created some distance kept that distance uh, because what you've seen a lot is Michigan go on runs in games and then just give up a, a run that might even be worse. They had a big run against Wisconsin, and then it felt like Wisconsin went on like a 20 to nothing run all of a sudden, and that game kind of <laughs> got away from them. So I like that they, they took control of the game, they kept control of the game, uh, and then specifically, like you said, you know Caleb Houston having a big one, uh, Devontae Jones playing really consistent, uh, Hunter Dickinson another double-double, Eli Brooks hit some tough shots. But, you know, even even the, the minutes that Frankie Collins, the flash he showed, uh, Kobe Bufkin, you know, a couple of the highlight plays he had, you know, it's guys stepping up uh, when they need to because two guys that get a lot of minutes, especially Musa Diabate uh, being out. And, and Brandon Johns did everything he could. He still doesn't look good overall. But like you said, it's those hustle plays, uh, using his athleticism to make a difference. Michigan needed that, and, and hopefully that will give him some confidence moving forward. But yeah, you know what they what they put on the court uh, against Rutgers seems to be sustainable, and and I think that you'll see a couple of more wins with uh, now four games remaining in the regular season. Talking um, NCAA tournament resume, tell me if you think I'm right or wrong here. But looking at the Rutgers game, like going into it. I thought, you know, Rutgers is one of those teams at the moment where if you lose, it's going to look bad on your resume. And if you win, you're going to get like more credit than you might uh, otherwise get because of the run that Rutgers was on beating ranked teams. And, and so it seemed like a high stakes game. Whereas early in the season, like if you saw this Rutgers game, late you're like okay whatever but all of a sudden it was one of those games it's like you know if, if you lose this like it's still it's not a good win um and, but if you do win like that's gonna mean something probably and then i look at the four games left and i think any one of these as a loss doesn't hurt michigan that an individual loss in there doesn't hurt now if you go out and lose three or four or like all four or something like that that's a different story, but um, you know, you got Illinois, Michigan State, Iowa, and Ohio State. Like, like those are four good teams, and losing to one of them on any given night, like, isn't gonna do much to hurt your resume, especially if you're able to do something in the Big Ten tournament. That said, uh, that means Michigan is playing four good teams to finish the season, and I, as much as I believe that this turnaround is for real, they could still go out and lose three or four and then you're 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 on the outside of the bubble looking in like hoping for something in the conference tournament just a like a really stressful time coming up here for Michigan uh, but I, like I asked do you think I'm right or wrong in that analysis there in terms of the NCAA tournament resume Michigan's putting together 
I think you're spot on. You know, Rutgers literally had four straight quad one wins. Uh, now they have back-to-back losses. They have a chance to, to beat Wisconsin again. Uh, they're at home against Wisconsin, a game that I think probably every Michigan fan's pulling for Rutgers in that game just because of the, how things unfolded. Uh, the Michigan-Wisconsin game, almost like a you know an instant rivalry. Um, not that, you know, <laughs> obviously almost everyone a rival in, in, in a conference that's good, or everyone in a conference seems like a rival when they're good and you're, and you're playing for a shot at the – the Big Ten Championship, which Michigan's, you know, too far away from at this point. But, yeah, I think, you know, you've got to look at what Rutgers was able to do after losing to, like, Lafayette early in the season, probably about the worst loss you could have, uh, to rattle off the, the four big wins they have with opportunity to to get another big win against a, a quad one opponent, even at home. Um, you know, if they can make the tournament, uh, sustain what they – the kind of the – uh, you know, they obviously they lost two in a row again, but if they can keep up and, and get a couple of big wins, they'll be in the tournament. And, and Michigan would have beaten a pretty good Rutgers team uh, after losing to them earlier in the season. So, you know, I think you got to split um, the the remaining games. Uh, you know, selfishly, you know, there's a couple of games in there I'd like to see Michigan win. I'd like to see Michigan beat Iowa again. Obviously, would like to see. Uh, Michigan beat Michigan State and of course you know I'd, I'd prefer they win all four but I, I don't think that's super realistic but the team we see now with the more consistent play from Devontae Jones and the consistency that Hunter Dickinson has provided all season it gives me confidence that you can split the remaining games uh, I think you at least need to win one if you don't win any of them not only would that be disappointing but I think your tournament resume really suffers but yeah you know beating Rutgers after uh, Rutgers had the 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 tear that they did. That's an impressive win, uh, and I think even more impressive that you know with two players down and a head coach missing, you find a way to win that game somewhat convincingly. Um, you know, at least in the fashion where they got up 17 late. So, yeah, Michigan's in a good good spot. You know, I think a lot of people have them last four in uh, or at least last four out at this point. Uh, and you know, if they can hold their own and beat a couple of opponents in the regular season, and again you know, do something in the Big Ten tournament, I think they'll be all right uh, and make the NCAA tournament. All right, I want to finish this uh, the same way we did, I think, last week. That is to ask, are we going to be watching the Big Ten tournament thinking, like, Michigan absolutely needs to do something here in order to get into the NCAA tournament? I think, honestly, at this point, no matter what happens, unless they win all four or win three or four, I think you have a lot more confidence, uh, unless all the experts are projecting that they're now a you know a nine or ten seed or whatever it may be. I think you have a lot more confidence seeing at least a win in the Big Ten tournament. You don't want to be anywhere near the bubble with all the things that can happen between now and the NCAA tournament. So yeah, unless we see something really impressive over the next four games. I think I'm going to head into the Big Ten tournament a little bit anxious about uh, Michigan making the NCAA tournament. Okay, I think I feel pretty much the same way. And as I said last week, I'm totally ready for it. So nothing's getting in the way of my psyche for that one. Um, I I do have some a work thing that I need to do on the day of the Big Ten championship game. And I was thinking, like, no way Michigan's playing in that. But, like, what if they do? I don't know. I feel like this This is a season that, like, I feel relatively comfortable 
having to do something for work during that game and you know not having to miss a Michigan game but we'll see I'd, I'd kind of be happy you know to be proven wrong there but we'll come back next week uh, I suppose at that point Michigan will have played uh, two more games and have two left so until then take care and go blue go blue